honestly cannot believe that we're already into April. Like, this first quarter of the year has flown by. But I love April because it is the time of year of spring. And very candidly, spring is my favorite season. But it's my favorite season because of the promise of new life. Kenneth Cope has a song entitled Every Season. And the fourth verse states, And everything that's new has bravely surfaced, teaching us to breathe. And what was frozen through is newly purposed, turning all things green. I love what those words invoke in my mind, the picture that they paint, because I love the awakening of spring. Spring also brings us one of my favorite holidays. I would put this in my top three holidays. Now, if you know me, you know what my number one is. And my number two holiday is Christmas. And my number three, for sure, is Easter. And so I decided to do something a little bit different. And I'm going to totally own. I had to gather some courage to do this. This was a little harder than I thought it would be. But I decided to take it to the streets. But knowing that there would be nobody really out on the streets yet where I live, I took it to the halls of my church and I asked people of all ages to simply respond to the question, what is your favorite thing about Easter? I'd like to say I'm really grateful for my ward members and any other random people who were in the hallways and were willing to play along with me as I asked this question. Let's take a listen to their responses. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Okay. What is your favorite thing about Easter? <clears throat> um, spending time with my family and focusing um, our thoughts on the Savior's birth. Wow. That was, that was pretty righteous, B. Thanks. Mallory, yes. quick question. What's your favorite thing about Easter? Being with family. Being with family? Yes. Okay. I like that. That's All right. Great. I needed to hear that today. Hey, what's your favorite thing about Easter? Um, Easter egg hunts. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. What's your favorite thing about Easter? Um, probably... Spending time with my family. Okay. Favorite thing about Easter? Lamb of God. Lamb of God. Okay. Favorite thing about Easter? Candy. Anders, what is your favorite thing about Easter? Um, the Easter eggs. I love it. Brigham, favorite thing about Easter? Rabbits. Rabbits? (laughs) Bro, that's a good one. I like that. I like that a lot. Penny, what's your favorite thing about Easter? Family and friends. Family and friends. How about you, Finny? What's your favorite thing about Easter? Um... Um, since you get presents. Yeah, you do. Fives. That's a good one. Hey, what's your favorite thing about Easter? My favorite thing about Easter is the, how, the focus on Jesus Christ. Yeah, I love that, Melanie. That's a good one. What is your favorite thing about Easter? Easter hunting. Easter hunting. What's your favorite thing about Easter? Um, the Easter egg hunt. Hey, what's your favorite thing about Easter? My favorite thing about Easter is the focus on the Savior. How about you? I would have to say the same. I mean, it's <laughs> the whole reason for Easter is Jesus. I like the reason is Jesus. I like that. How about you? The gift of resurrection. Ooh. ooh yeah. That's, yeah a, ooh. that's a good one. Coming, coming, coming off these guys. I like that. Good springboard. Thanks, gents. Okay. I'm going to be totally honest. Of all of my responses, I think the one I love the most was rabbits. I'm not kidding you because it wasn't even bunnies. Like most people say like Easter bunnies. No, 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 no. 
This was straight up rabbits. Clearly, I think in the top responses were in no particular order, candy, family, and the Savior. Well, what I love about Easter is that it is a celebration of two holidays. Come Follow Me tries to point that out to us this week. And we read on page 57 from the Come Follow Me, the following, quote, During the last week of the Savior's life, many Jews around him were participating in traditions of Passover. They prepared meals, sang songs, and gathered to remember the deliverance of the house of Israel from slavery to the Egyptians. Relatively few were aware that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, was about to deliver them from the slavery of sin and death. Close quote. I've loved different things about Easter and the holiday. I've loved the candy. In fact, one of my favorite commercials is from a long time ago with the Cadbury eggs where the bunny would say, Happy Easter, Easter bunny. Brock, brock. I love that. The rabbit saying, brock, brock. I love a good Easter egg hunt. My parents were notorious for said things. I absolutely love being with family. I have to own it that my favorite Easter Sundays are when general conference falls on Easter Sunday because then you get Sunday in your pajamas with all the treats. Like seriously, it's the best. But as I've become more seasoned, I've got to own that Easter has really come to mean one central thing to me. And the thing that Easter means to me is one word, hope. When I think about Easter, I think about hope. Now, what really is hope? I'm going to own. I did not go to Google for this. I know that's going to surprise you. I first went to the Bible dictionary because I was confident that it would be there. But guess what? It's not. So I went then instead from the Bible dictionary that rejected me and did not have the word hope in it to the gospel library app and went into gospel topics and found the following. Hope is, quote, confident expectation of and longing for the promised blessings of the righteous, close quote. In other words, it would be an example or anticipation of eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. He atoned and resurrected, providing us the opportunity to truly hope, expect that outcome, right? I expect to resurrect. Why? Because the Savior did. I hope that I do. Elder Gong puts it this way, quote, The resurrection gives hope to those who have lost limbs, those who have lost ability to see, hear, or walk, or those who thought lost to relentless diseases, mental illness, or other diminished capacity. He finds us. He makes us whole. Also, because God himself atoneth for the sins of the world, he can with mercy succor us according to our infirmities. We repent and do all we can. He encircles us eternally in the arms of his love. Close quote. Well, what I've also learned over the years is that the world defines hope differently. Somehow our confidence, we hope for the atonement, we hope for a better life. Our confidence, right? Our confident expectation morphs into uncertainty. For example, if I were to ask, you know, are you going to pass the next exam you take? You'd say, well, I hope so. But that's more of an uncertain 
right? Uncertainty. I think this is best played out actually on an Easter Sunday. I don't know why, but for most of my adult life, I have had someone else in my life who has been associated with a mortuary in some way. I don't understand. Maybe it was because I had this really cool Sunday school teacher back in the day who was a mortician. And occasionally for Sunday school, he would take us to the mortuary. Absolutely love those outings. And that might be why Heavenly Father has subsequently blessed me with somebody that is somehow associated to a mortuary. So when I was single and I was teaching seminary, one of my colleagues, he actually moonlighted at the mortuary. They were saving money for a home and the mortuary would let them live in an apartment at the mortuary as long as he would bring out the dead on the certain nights of the week and, you know, every other weekend as assigned. Well, I'll never forget the Monday after the Easter Sunday when he came back and he said, y'all are never going to believe the story I have for you. And this is the story he shared. You see, on Easter Sunday, they received a call at that mortuary where he was living. He was asked to go get an elderly woman who had passed away. So he arrived at the home, did his respectful job of getting her all ready and moved out into the hearse that he was driving to pick her up and to drive her back to the facility. Well, because it was Easter morning and because he was feeling the joy of the day, in spite of what he was doing, he began to sing to himself as he drove, He is risen, he is risen. Beautiful Easter anthem. But as he did, something happened inside of the back end of that car and it adjusted, as in the body adjusted, and rolled forward, hitting the back of his seat where he was sitting. He related, I let out a scream and thought, I really hope she's not alive. Now, the reason that I share that story is, by the way, she wasn't alive. But the reason that I share that story is, did you catch what he said? I hope she's not alive. With confidence, he already knew she was dead. He was aware that she was dead, but he hoped. He knew confidently, but he hoped, I hope she's not alive. He said, I was nervous the rest of the drive until I got to the mortuary and was able to completely evaluate. And and yes, yes, she was. She was dead. So as I've contemplated the world's hope, which is uncertainty, versus the Lord's hope, which is a confident expectation, I'd like to talk just for a minute about ways that you and I could potentially deepen our hope in Christ. See, that's really the reason for Easter, isn't it? To celebrate the fact that he did come, he did atone for us. He did resurrect, and because of that, we can be like him. But you and I, we have to take something on for ourselves. Let me show you what I mean. We're going to go to Ether chapter 12, verse number 4. Wherefore, whoso believeth in God might with surety hope for a better world. Wait, stop. Did you catch what he just said in that sequence? That we need to believe in God. And if we do believe, then with surety, that certainty, we hope for a better world. Yea, even a place at the right hand of God, which hope cometh of faith, maketh an anchor to the souls of men, which would make them sure and steadfast, always abounding in good works, being led to glorify God. So ether is describing for us how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be anchored 
sure, and steadfast, abounding in good works, being led to glorify God. And why am I? Because I have hope. And what is hope? I am confident that what the Savior said he did, he did. So how can I have more Christ-like hope? Not the hope that the world gives, because remember, well, I hope she's not dead. I mean, I hope she's not alive. <laughs> we hope she's dead. Wouldn't that be crazy shit? Anyway, I hope she's dead, right? So here we're going to take a look. I'm going to give you four things, four things that will help us become what the prophet Ether is describing here. The first one is found in Moroni chapter seven. In Moroni chapter seven, verse number 41, we find the first thing that we can do. Listen to this. And what is it that ye shall hope for? Behold, I say unto you that ye shall have hope through the atonement of Christ and the power of his resurrection to be raised unto life eternal. And this because of your faith in him, according to the promise. Or in other words, don't just believe in Christ, but actually believe him. He can save us. As we exercise, what does it say? Faith and hope. Do you really believe Christ? It's not enough to believe it. I I believe in him. Okay, cool. But do you believe him? Do you believe him at his word of what it is that he said that he can do? I'll give you an example. October 17th, 1999, early in the morning, I was at the bedside of my mother when she passed away. I was there when the mortician came. I remember as they zipped the body bag thinking to myself, please don't zip it over her head because she won't be able to breathe. Knowing that she is clearly deceased. I had the opportunity though that morning to drive from Pocatello to Blackfoot alone. And as I drove alone, I watched the sun rise. And in that moment, I felt joy. Now my mom had just died, like literally two hours before. And I felt so much joy knowing that she was free from the medications, free from the constraints of her body that no longer did what she wanted it to do. She was free from pain. She was free from suffering. She was with her parents whom she hadn't seen since she was in her mid-20s. She was reunited with people who loved her. And one of the things that I realized is she'd have an opportunity to be a part of my life in a way completely different than she had been before. And in that moment... The plan of salvation no longer became something that I thought was a great idea, but I hope for the opportunity of when I see her again to the point that I put mints in her pocket and chocolates alongside of her in her casket, and I expect her to share those with me on the morning of the first resurrection when she arises. That is my expectation. I believe Christ when he says we will all resurrect. Do you believe him? Will you believe him at his word? The next thing that we can do once we start to believe is it will cause us to act in a certain way. Let me show you what I mean. Go to Alma chapter 22. Alma 22 verse 16 reads, But Aaron said unto him, 
If thou desirest this thing, if thou wilt bow down before God, yea, if thou wilt repent of all thy sins and will bow down before God and call on his name in faith, believing that ye shall receive, then shalt thou receive the hope which thou desirest. So if it's hope that we desire, there are two major actions we've got to take there. We've got to repent and we've got to sincerely pray. In other words, through Christ, all things can be made right. When we talk with someone daily, we come to know them and we trust them. If we trust them, it becomes easier to believe them. And when we believe Christ, our hope increases. When we believe Christ, our hope increases. When we repent, when we sincerely pray. Not the praying of like, Heavenly Father, thanks for the day, Jack. Thanks for my family, Jack. But rather the Heavenly Father, this is what's going on in my life right now. Trust me, I lay it out for him all the time. Like, did you know what you have hooked me up with right now? (laughs) Here is the set of things I am doing. And here's what's going on. Will you help me? Will you bless me with the capabilities to work? I have a particularly interesting challenge at work right now. I've been assigned to work with accounts that speak only Spanish. I've had to resurrect my 30-year-old missionary Spanish, and it's been nutty. But as I've made it a matter of prayer, I'm seeing him answer. I believe him. Now, if that isn't enough, I love what he tells us to do in Romans chapter 15. In Romans chapter 15, we want to look at verse number four. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. So where does hope come from? Patience and comfort of the scriptures. So if I study the scriptures, I'm going to have an increase in hope. Now, let's kind of put this together for a minute. If for a couple of weeks, a close friend of yours was texting you, and you neither looked at those texts nor responded to those texts in those couple of weeks, what would begin to happen to your friendship? Is it stronger? Yeah, of course not. It's not stronger. If anything, you're going to get a text message from your friend that's going to be like, what the what? I'm out, man. You're being a jerk. Why haven't you responded? Come on. And it would be all in caps, right? So that you knew the right emotion that that was being sent with. The reason that I use that as an example is Sometimes we like to go a really long time without praying. And in the words of one of my children, well, I read the scriptures on Saturday. Okay, time out. What if I only fed you on Saturday? The Savior says, feast upon the words of Christ for the words of Christ will show you all things what you should do. Probably you need to be reading them every day. Even if it's just one wimpy verse. Because... If we take the time to read the letters that he's left behind and come to know him, it becomes easier to believe him. Remember, my hope increases as I believe him. If I talk to him, if I read his word, I come to better believe him. Second Nephi chapter 32, verse number 20 is a scripture that for those of you that are old school and have watched the prodigal son, This is the scripture that the prodigal son quotes across the pulpit. For those of you that are younger and haven't watched the prodigal son, you might want to look that one up. It's actually not that bad of a video. But in verse number 20, we get a scripture that, along with being in the prodigal son, is also quoted quite often. Wherefore, 
you must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if you shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, you shall have eternal life. We must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope. Now let's change that to what the definition was. Having a perfect brightness of confident expectation and longing for the promised blessing. And what is that promised blessing? Eternal life. The greatest gift, according to Doctrine and Covenants 14.7, that the Lord has to give to us. And if you keep my commandments and endure to the end, you shall have eternal life. Which gift is the greatest of all the gifts of God? Now, I shared with you that my mother passed away. That was 24 years ago. And I'm here to tell you that I confidently expect and long for the day that I get to hug her because I believe Christ. I long for that day. I also confidently expect and long for the opportunity to see the Savior. In short, I have hope. So we're back to really where we started. What is your favorite thing about Easter? Mine's hope. So this Easter, can I invite you to deepen your hope by going and doing a few things? Will you go and study the last week of Christ's life in Come Follow Me, giving him a few minutes every day of your day between now and, and Easter? Will you take that on? The Come Follow Me outlines some beautiful things of the last week of his life. Will you take the time to look at those and study them out? Will you go and press forward, feasting upon the words of Christ, praying and repenting? According to President Nelson, we should be repenting daily. So will you do it? Will you read the scriptures, pray sincerely, and repent daily? Finally, will you believe Christ? Will you believe him? Will you believe that he came and that he did what he did? And that he has the power to save. I know that Christ has the power to save. I also promise that as you embark on feasting on his words, praying sincerely, repenting, and studying about him, your belief of him and your belief of his mission will increase because you will come to more deeply And simply believe him. I love Easter. And I have such grand expectations because of it. May you feel his love and the joy that comes from Easter. And what it symbolizes is my hope. Enjoy the holiday. We'll talk soon.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Go and Do. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review. If you didn't, it's all good. Please come and follow along with us on Instagram at Go and Do Podcast. Go and Do is written and hosted by me, Candace Shu, and produced by Cammy Fisher. Thanks for being here. And until we talk again, have a good time. Don't be a good time. See you soon.